Hello and welcome, Marvelous Podcast family. It is a privilege and honor to be with you as always, and I'm sending my prayers your way, wishing you all of the best. We have an absolutely fantastic episode of the show for you today. We have Mihaela Bursio on, and we're talking about core values, mindset, and excellence. We dive into a lot of topics in this show. We talk about limiting beliefs and over, uh, overcoming them, uh, setting goals and understanding your true desires. We talk about how to authentically express yourself, uh, how leadership can be taught and developed, imposter syndrome, the importance of core values, understanding your childhood experiences and framework so it doesn't affect your adulthood um, and you can use it in a positive way. And we talk about moving through discomfort so you can be your best and so much more. This is a fantastic episode on leadership, personal development, and high performance. I know that you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please share the episode far and wide. Consider becoming a member at mattbelair.com where you will get the entire Soul Compass course for free, which is a quick, concise, and powerful guide for knowing and living your life purpose. There's also meditations, exclusive guest content, and so much more in the membership. And if you need it for free, um, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com, or you can choose to contribute a little bit of money, whatever you want, um, as a patron, a buck, three bucks, whatever you want to become a member and support the show. And for those of you who want to work with me one-on-one, you are very serious about knowing, living your life purpose from your authentic parts of who you are and creating a balanced life, learning all the things we talk about in the podcast, mindset, peak performance, spirituality, hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and I would love to hear from you. So that's it. Uh, the last thing is always the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. And let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into the show. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, faith, courage, inspiration, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Mihaela Bursiu. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Using her core values, today's guest works with board members, top-level managers, angel investors, and professionals seeking to excel in their careers and improve performance to drive even greater success. Her client portfolio ranges from financial consulting, retail, fashion, aviation, and more. She is also a former host of a TV show and author of two best-selling books, Her mission is to get leaders to experience their excellence by exploring values, understanding aspirations, removing barriers, and visualizing the path to their personal and professional success. Welcome to the show, Mihaela Bursiu. Hi, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this show. You know, you have an excellent background in all the things that I'm very interested in, but I'll allow you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your work, your vast history, and how you got into the consulting and everything you're doing today. Mm, I'm very excited to be here as well. Um, I've listened to a few of your previous episodes, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm, uh, actually uh, looking forward to this conversation. Uh, my background. Well, I was born and grew up in uh, Romania, uh, and that uh, gave me quite a vast experience, uh, life experience, because Romania was uh, communist uh, at the time, and it was uh, one of the strictest uh, communist countries in Eastern Europe. Um, so that brought with itself um, a lot of restrictions in in the way we were, you know, um, brought up, in the way we connected to the world, uh, in the way we understood uh, basic principles like um, trust, like um, authenticity, um, and um, you know, uh, safety, <laughs> really, um, and. Through that, uh, I became very curious uh, about how life works. And uh, especially when I was about 13, it was my first time I left Romania and we went to Eastern Germany. Uh, 
And then uh, Eastern Germany wasn't too different from what I was used to. But then we also went to Western Germany and Western Germany was a completely new world uh, for, for me. So that was my first glimpse of, you know, life being very different from what I've known. Um, and then the, the cherry on top of my, you know, experiences so far was um, a trip to London when I was 16 um, and that completely blew my mind off. And uh, when I went back, um, you know, I, I went back thinking, okay, there's definitely more to life than what we're experiencing. And that, I think that was one of the moments when that, that stuck with me discovering that there is more to life than what we know. Um, and I think, from there on, I kind of um, been guided by this curiosity, by this desire to to learn more, to know more, to discover to discover more. Uh, so today, I I still do that, uh, and today I think I'm very fortunate to be able to help others discover more about themselves and discover how they can engage with life in a very different way and you know in a way that they actually love living they love what they do and because I work with uh, you know top level executives and business owners uh, love being leaders is you know most people think uh, oh, I would love to be the leader, but then they get in that position and then they realize that maybe it's not as fun as they thought it would be and definitely not as easy as they thought it, it would be, you know. A bit like people who want to become entrepreneurs uh, thinking, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm the, I rule my life. And then they become entrepreneurs and they realize that they actually work a lot longer, the responsibility is a lot higher, and uh, sometimes, you know, almost times even the stress is a lot higher, and that they end up sacrificing all of their free time, you know, for the business. Um, so a bit, a bit like that, you know, I where I I, I uh, help leaders really, really take command the authority they deserve and take charge of of you know their their positions wow well i appreciate you sharing that background and i can't imagine what it would be like to grow up in that environment and i feel like in the western world a lot of people will talk about um childhood trauma and stuff like that and for you to <laughs> experience that kind of life and then see this whole new world would be both challenging and also inspiring because you'd recognize a huge opportunity where yeah i also think some of the people who live where, you know, in Canada, the US and some other spots don't recognize the massive opportunity they have, you know, mm. and so they don't, they don't see it. Right. So yeah, I'm assuming you'd have this deep appreciation for it, just growing up without it. And my first question would be when you, you know, work with leaders, a lot of what you talk about is core values. And I feel like that's something that we don't touch on a lot in the show. Like we do speak about values. And I'm just curious, how do you help an individual who, is guiding their life, whether they're in a professional setting right now and they work for a company or they're on the in the entrepreneur space or thinking about it. Because I feel like if you can line up your core values and then work in that direction, no matter what you do is going to be fulfilling to you. So it won't really mm -hmm. matter what your level of success is. Like it'd be great to be massively successful and all over the world. And if you had a little bit of success, but it was really aligned with who you were, you feel good about it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think um, core values, uh, the hidden, you know, uh, the hidden treasure that we have. And until we dig deep and discover them and uncover them and bring them to the surface to guide us, um, they, they still do. They still do. But uh, once we're aware of them, uh, they become our superpower. And the way I work with core values is three, three core values and three um, different uh, attributes for each of those three core values, uh, because the attributes define what that core value means uh, to you. 
because we could we could share the same core values, say honesty, but one of the attributes uh, for for you would be tell the truth, whereas for me one attribute could be do not lie, and we would we would think we act the same way, and we think that for us you know we we enjoy we would connect over sharing the same. Um, core value, honesty. But in reality, for you, telling the truth means telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Whereas for me, not lying, it means that whatever I tell you is the truth, but it doesn't mean I'm telling you everything. And just because I'm not telling you everything, it doesn't mean I'm lying or I'm trying to deceive you. It means maybe that my mind is more, it's, it, you know, it's an analytical kind of mind that extract what I think is important uh, from a conversation or from from something. So, and what I'm telling you is what I believe is worth sharing. And the rest, because for me, the rest is unimportant. I don't, I don't share it. Um, but for you, when, if you find out that I haven't shared everything and that there are things that I didn't tell you about, uh, based on how you understand and how you act on your, on your core value honesty, you would say, I'm lying. And where we would start the conversation uh, or, or, or a, a relationship and interaction uh, based on trust and openness, uh, because we share the same core value, we, we can easily end up in a big conflict because you would say I'm lying. I would get very offended because I'm leaving my core value and I'm being true to my core value. Um, and, 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 and unless we know what that core value means to us, uh, we wouldn't be able to, uh, to, to, to bring back the conversation and bring back the relationship and align it based on and, and re, re, re grow the trust uh, between the two of us. And um, so, so this, this model, this matrix of three core values with three uh, attributes for each, uh, each core value becomes a blueprint for our uh, behavior, for our interaction, and most importantly, for our decision uh, making. And the other reason it's very important is that once we know that the decision we made is uh, fully aligned with our core values, even if the decision is walk away, you know, from, from something that might mean, wow, and, and, or, or appear as an amazing opportunity, but if your gut feeling tells you, no, something is just not right there and you take out your, your blueprint of core values and you see where the misalignment is and you decide, you know what, it's too much this misalignment for me to even bother to negotiate this situation. Walking away, um, you walk away with an, with an open heart and with, with, the, with the, um, uh, confidence that that is the right thing uh, for you. And the beauty of this is it takes away overthinking because there is no more what if after the, a decision has been made uh, when you know it's fully aligned with your core values. Well, I love that. And I love the addition of the attributes, just getting very, very clear on you know, how you're going to express those core values. So I think that's an excellent addition. And you also studied, I don't know if there's a difference between psychology and psychology of mind and theory at Oxford, which I think Oxford and London is a big deal. So good for you. Um, sounds you. like a cool, cool building as well, because I've been kind of diving into Tartari and these old structures and London is absolutely full of these incredible pieces of architecture. Um, you, you talk a little bit about false beliefs and I go into limiting beliefs or people who struggle with anxiety. Is there a way for people to identify those like these unconscious patterns or limiting beliefs that they have and then become aware of them and then replace them with something positive? If they can go around the day feeling, you know, confident and peaceful and empowered and clear, it's a very different feeling than going throughout the day with like a bit of anxiety, a bit of dread, a bit of depression, a bit of confusion. And I'm curious if your work touches on that. Of course, yes, it does. And um, it's always easier to work with someone um, to help you identify your limiting beliefs. But, uh, and this is something that uh, I'm, I'm actually covering in my next book. Um, it, 
you can you can do it on your own if you 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 start paying a lot of attention uh the dialogue that goes on in your in your head because there's always a dialogue going on and uh sadly most times this dialogue is there to prevent you from from do you know uh, um doing something that your subconscious is not uh already accustomed to so if you if you find yourself he- or hearing yourself um saying in your head oh you know if you say oh i would love to go sailing i don't know just say you know and your mind says mm i don't know about that you know it's it, it's the waters it's you know it's not that safe or it's too expensive or you know that's that there that there is a limiting belief uh and the limiting belief is you you can't do it or you want to be you thinking oh i'm working for this corporation corporation but i would like to be an entrepreneur and then write down all the thoughts that come to your mind without filtering just write and write and write and then if you reread them you will see that most probably for quite you know the the first the first uh, big chunk of of things that you wrote down uh are things that prevent you uh, you know from succeeding uh, or or are reasons why you shouldn't you shouldn't do it and if you if you do this with two or three things you will start noticing common threads and those common threads are definitely your limiting uh limiting beliefs and then you know uh um you, you you start working on why you know why is to me in my work why is probably the most common question uh because uh when you ask why initially you will start telling me everything that your conscious mind has to say but if i keep pushing why 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 you start going deeper because at one point your conscious mind ends up you know uh, uh, um uses all the excuses that uh, it can come up with so if you keep going your subconscious starts opening up and your subconscious starts telling you why really you know and it's usually it it goes down you know boils down to some kind of shame some kind of of guilt you know or um and and the other the other thing that you should keep in mind always with limiting beliefs they always come from childhood always is is you know never uh um another option sadly and if you if you look back at your own childhood you know your parents your teachers um, grandparents whoever all the brothers or sisters or the siblings when you're young very young um if you want to do something most likely someone will jump and say oh don't touch that don't do that don't climb that chair you know later on don't climb that tree don't oh you're going to fall oh you're going to this oh you're going to always always the 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 limiting what you can't do sadly when you get to 15 16 17 you know 18 nobody comes back to you to tell you oh matt guess what now if you want to climb that tree you can you know now you're ready for it now you physically can or oh by the way if you want to do that now it's possible because now you understand the consequences now so there is no reframing of all those uh limiting uh limitations that were basically you know thrown thrown upon you uh and and also when you're as a young child when you're being told you can't do something is never explained to you why you can't do it they only say oh because you're going to fall but if someone would take the time and have the patience to tell you even if you're too it doesn't matter because you're still registering um matt actually you know you're too young for this because you 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 don't have enough experience to understand yet that if you try to climb that tree you know you're going to fall because your mobility and your your coordination and blah 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 all of that is not um where 
where, where it should be. So you run this risk of falling in a calm in a calm and reassuring manner, and this is really important, you know, I'll say it again, in a calm and reassuring manner, uh, then those limiting beliefs won't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be there. But because the tone of voice is alert, you know, there's anxiousness, there is uh, uh, abruptness in the way an attempt like that is being approached by the adults in, in that child's life, um, the child creates this, you know, bundle of anxiousness, fearness, limitation, and uh, uh, lack of lack of self-belief. And and every every new experience that feels the same as it felt then only adds up to what you can't do to what you, you, you know, you, you're not able, uh, able to do. Yeah. I love the, uh, addition that no one comes back to tell you it's now safe, you know? And so <laughs> we have this framework for the world that we carry with us into adulthood and it carries into everything. And we might be consciously aware of it and know why, but most of the time it's unconscious. And I see that as a father now where, I'm pretty, um, I don't know what the word is. Like I throw my daughter around, you know, we're always playing, you know, I'm holding her upside down. I'm, you know, she's very athletic and I see some people who really <clears throat> baby their children. And I don't think that that's a positive thing when they're learning and, and exploring and testing themselves and learning mm -hmm. to trust themselves. And, you know, how you say it to them is very, very important. And she's very smart. We mm -hmm. always explain to her why she can't do something. Yeah. And the next week she'll come back and say, oh, I can't do that because, and we'll say the reason why. So she yeah. fully understands. And on the other side, you have people who really pamper their baby. And I don't think that's going to help them in adulthood because yeah. if anything, we want to, we want to push them to help them explore within, you know, safety if there's if there's harm around obviously got to make sure yeah. they're not gonna you know hurt themselves but you know we have a an open fire uh you know a fireplace she knows she hasn't touched it and she's at two and she never even goes near it because she understands so <laughs> i think that's very important and i'm curious is recognizing the limiting belief enough or do you go further in in helping them switch that and get rid of it so they can move forward um you know without running that old pattern because I believe you're 100% correct that they all come from childhood. And whenever I've worked with an athlete that is so talented and can win easily in whatever they're doing, they self-sabotage mm -hmm. and it always comes back to probably self-worth or some sort of childhood thing. And I literally just mm -hmm. talk to them until I find it. They have no idea what I'm doing. Talk to them and then boom, find yeah. it from like their dad or their mom. And there's a reason mm -hmm. why they can't be number one. They can't be seen. They can't be on the podium. And then we get through that and then boom, the next time they win. And it's amazing. It's mm. just like, it just repeats. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think the beauty of working with limiting beliefs uh, is that once you uncover them, they're, you know, they're half, half gone. And, and then uh, just, uh, yes, they're, they're, various ways of, of uh, working with them to, to release them. But I think that the most powerful one is helping the client become aware of the pattern that uh, uh, has been uh, led from, from that limiting belief. And what I observe is uh, that people usually, once, once they're aware of that pattern, um, the next stage is they they, ob they they observe it, they notice it themselves once they've done it. Then the next stage is while they're doing it. And then the next stage is when they're about to do it and then it stops. And uh, so, so you sometimes they need a bit more help, but from my experience, usually once it's been uncovered, um, it's a pretty, it can be a pretty fast, um, um, forward, you know, motion to them being so aware that, that it stops. 
Well, I love that process. It reminds me of the process of learning. I think it's like unconscious incompetence first, where you're not even aware you can't do it. Then there's conscious incompetence. Then there's conscious competence. You can do it, but you got to think about it. And then there's unconscious um, competence where you can just like driving once you're, you know, once you know how to drive your days out for 45 Mm -hmm. minutes and you forget you're turning and doing all that thing. So it's interesting to see that pattern recognition with your beliefs. And it all starts with awareness. And where I wanted to go- where I want to go next with this is you work with a lot of leaders. People are executives, top professionals. They're mm-hmm. making the money. They're moving and shaking. They got fancy shoes on, uh, you know, and <laughs> especially in London. Um, so <laughs> the fanciest shoes, fanciest roads, London's cool. Um, and so what do you, what have you seen as far as like characteristics of great leaders is kind of a two part question. Like the characteristics that you've seen a lot of them have who are really great and excel at their job. And then if, if somebody wants to embody leadership, they want to be a better leader in their own family, whether it's at their business, whether they're looking to become an entrepreneur, whether they're looking to be a better parent, um, what would you provide as a framework and knowledge from what you've experienced? Um, so I I start from uh, the premise that we are all leaders and uh, leadership can definitely be taught uh, and it can be taught because it exists. We are, whether we like it or not, or whether we are aware or not, we are leaders. We are leader, the leaders of our own life. And every single decision we make, you know, falls into uh, what leadership means uh, at the end of the day. Um, The clients I work with are already very successful people. They are at the top of their game. And uh, what they want, what they're looking for is to, to take it to that next level where they lead with ease, where they um, enjoy being leaders where where the the they don't feel the too, uh, they don't feel too much pressure you know uh, uh, about being responsible for a, so you know for the people they they um, employ or uh, for for what the board is um, is um, expecting because that pressure is debilitating can can be debilitating and when they increase their their self confidence and when they remove all these limiting beliefs because you can be very very successful and you know at the top of your game and still have quite a few quite a few limiting uh, limiting beliefs and 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 one thing that I've uh, I can say you know it's it's uh, common to most of my uh, male clients is um, imposter syndrome you know, where they think, oh, my God, how, how I'm here. Great. How but what I don't know it all. I don't know. You know, what if they'll find out that actually I don't know what, you know, all the time what I'm doing. And sometimes I'm I'm kind of playing it by the year and and all of that, which is not true. They, they do know what they're doing. And um you know, uh, their lives and, and the decisions they have to make are very, very complex. Um, so my, my the, the work I do with them is uh, to uncover, you know, what's, what, what is it that is making them doubt uh, or, or their, their abilities? What is it? Why do they see also, uh, this, is another, this is another thing that, again, male clients seem to, to um, feel more uh, uncomfortable with, uh, and that is being vulnerable. You know, telling your team, actually, I don't have an answer for this, but let's sit down, let's find the, the perfect answer together. Let's see what works. Because that your teams are there to bring value. And if you don't allow your team to show the value they can bring, then you, your, your team will become disengaged. And once the team is disengaged and they'll just become some yes, you know, yes, man, yes, yes, people, whatever, uh, you know, uh, that's not good for anyone. It's not good for them. Because the ones who are really good will leave 
will go in places where they feel valued and appreciated. Uh, and the ones that stay will just execute whatever they're, they're being told. And uh, when you have a uh, disengaged team, you can't motivate that team. And if that team is disengaged, then you can't be engaged and, and motivated because the energy, you know, the, the dynamic between you and your team is clearly not the one that can help you uh, uh, progress, is not the one that uh, help you uh, be excited about what you what you have to do. And when I work with with my clients and they say, oh, I don't know what, you know, my team is not, I don't know what's going on with my team. I feel they're not happy or I feel, then I ask, you know, my, the first thing we look at is how engaged are you, is he or she with the work they're doing? Because if you're disengaged, there's no way you can have an engaged team. And, you know, everything is, is a mirror, right? Uh, at, at the end of the day. So if you look at your team and you're not happy with what you're seeing, then it's definitely time to look at, at the self and to look inwards and see where, where are you unhappy? What's, what's keeping you away from being fully immersed in, in, in your life, really, you know, in, in, your, in your present, in your, in your reality. And when you discover that, then, you know, you can, you can address the dynamic that with, with, with the team and, and help them re-engage. I think that's a great point about being engaged. I'm reminded of this graphic that shows up where one of them says it's a boss and that's the guy whipping a whole bunch of people in front of him. And the other one is a leader mm. and he's at the front and all of the people are behind him. So it's mm. setting by example and the people that mm. I respect and follow and give value to what they share are all leaders in the sense that they are living it. Right. If somebody mm -hmm. is teaching me about martial arts, they better be darn good or were darn good at martial arts or whatever the case is. They're setting it by example. Mm -hmm. And in the health and fitness and performance space is very easy to see because you can see it physically. You can see it in the expression that they're doing in spirituality and personal development. It can be a little bit trickier because you can use a lot of fancy words. Um, but then you look about how that person's living their life. And I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of events and a lot of festivals. And I've seen people who really integrate those teachings and they are who they say they are. And they're very beautiful, powerful leaders. And I've seen a lot of people who have a lot of work to do, and maybe they just like the industry or they like the topic or they saw money in it or whatever the case is. And I'm just like, wow, you haven't even got past the basics here. You know, holy smokes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're still like level one. And so it gets a little bit more but, complex. But, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think the concept of authenticity is mm -hmm. is a bit uh, maybe not valued at, at at its strength because authenticity you can't fake authenticity and a leader you know a, a good leader is authentic and if you're trying to be someone you're not if you're trying to behave in a way that is not natural uh, to you if you build this facade. Uh, that you think is what people want to see and is what uh, people will admire or will engage with, but in reality, you are very different, um, that that comes across. And especially if you end up spending, you know, an hour, they can probably uh, uh, keep it up and, you know, you, it's, it, um, it might fool you. But if you spend more than an hour with them, all, all of that, starts to crumble and the the real you know true self starts showing up and and that's when you know the the uh either connection or disconnection happens if it's if it's true and it's authentic then you know the connection is there and you will be you know willing to learn from from that person as much as that person is willing to learn from you and if that's not who they are then you know that that connection will will never happen and it's something that will always bite bite back you know because you know you'll you'll tell others and that you know will propagate 
much faster actually than um, if if you're you you know be authentic even if you stumble you know that's fine we that's fine we all do at one point or or be authentic uh, and and vulnerable about the fact that you're still working on something you're still you know on your way the, the work the work on on self growth and and self discovery and self progress and and is never done is never done you know and the more open you are about that and 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 the more you you say listen i know a lot of things but this is new to me you know this i've never i've never heard or i've heard before and now i want to learn more about it you you know you you tell me about it 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 doesn't it, it matter who it is is you, you're not going to lose respect for that person to the contrary you're going to grow more respect for them because they don't pretend to know it all you know yeah and as you're sharing that my mind went to potential reasons why people do that. And I think the first one is they um, like the imposter syndrome kind of thing where they, they want to know everything, right. They have to be perceived. It's like the ego. They have to know everything or else they won't be as smart or as good a leader or, you know, their job is not secure or, or they'll people will think of me in a certain way. And in the same vein, but a little bit different is how people will perceive you, um, you know, if you're, if you, whether you don't know something and in my mind, I was articulating this a lot better. So hopefully the audience can understand <laughs> uh, you can help me out if you want, but it's like you're, you're people pleasing, right? So rather yeah. than being fully authentic, you want people to like you. So you distort and change the answer that is true and authentic mm. to you. So you don't offend someone or you don't hurt someone mm. or you don't, you don't do this. And, and that person needs to make peace with the idea that maybe not everyone will like you every time or your idea every time. So when you're faced with something, if you're, if you're doing it with the idea to proceed to, um, please the perception of a person or a group of people, you're not being honest because their reaction isn't up to you. As long as you're being honest, you, you don't need to be an a-hole about it. You don't need to be like, uh, you know, you suck at this and you say, Hey, listen, you know, maybe you're a little bit distracted and the work is suffering here. You say it in the nicest possible way. Um, and you're truthful. And I feel like so many people try to people please. So that, is having them go around the world in an inauthentic way. And that's where people will think that you're two-faced as well, because you're saying mm. one thing over here, then you're saying another thing over here and you're not stationary. You're not integrity. You're not in congruence. And so people will notice that and they'll also feel it subconsciously. And so the idea to accept that you might hurt people's feelings, that you might offend people, that not everybody will like you is, is something that you got to grow with. I remember one of my, um, Native American elders told me, he's like, you're going to, you're always going to be the devil to someone, Matt. And I just thought about exactly. it for a bit and I was like, oh, interesting. Right. Because as you hold your position, someone will always have the opposite position somewhere. Right. And you got to accept yes. that. Yes. But I would like to, I would like to go back to what you just said and, and um, maybe reframe it, you know, in a different way for, for, um, uh you know for, for for our conversation and for the audience um and that is the, the the first thing that i would like to to say um in addition to what you said is uh i think lots of people or the majority of people confuse conflict with a difference of opinions mm. because we we can have a difference of opinions but being no conflict. And just because you don't agree with my point of view, it doesn't mean we're in a conflict. It just means you have a different point of view. Maybe but 10 years most... ago, not anymore. <laughs> now everything's a conflict. You say something <laughs> like it's we're we're out we're right away. Now, I know what you're saying. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> but we got we got here because majority of people think that a difference of opinion equals conflict. And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But what I would like to to and and that's something I think that 
we can discuss further or or if you know if not it's definitely something for the audience to think to think about um but what i would like to reframe is uh, uh uh what you said you will always um upset someone or you will always uh, uh, always offend uh someone or well the way i see it and the way um i'd like to turn it you know in onto its head is you actually don't is you because when you when you express something unless you you purposely you know uh, um want to insult someone and and you say you know insulting words just because you want to insult them but that's not what we're talking about here um we're talking about people feeling insulted by what you said and that's very different from always insulting someone just because someone takes offense and feels ins- uh, insulted you know uh, uh by what you said uh that's on them that's their filters that's how they hear what you're saying and uh and when and my advice would be when you feel insulted by uh, or offended um by someone just stop before you react and ask yourself you know what's going on why do i feel this because probably in 9 out of 10 cases is it's your 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 problem is your beliefs behind that is what um your insecurities um you know that your 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 low self worth that is telling you oh did you hear what matt just said oh you know he can see and and he's he's totally you know telling you you're good of, you know for nothing or your whatever you know but that's your mind chatter that's what what your mind your subconscious filtered well no sorry what your your conscious filtered and fed your subconscious all you know all, all the all the information that it needed to be offended so once people can reframe that and and understand that um you're not doing anything to anyone uh, again we're taking away we're not talking about when you you purposely want to be mean to someone and and even then it's probably a reaction of your your issues to what they said but you know we're not going to get into all that uh <laughs> you said <laughs> he said she said uh, kind of thing um also because we need to take control of that so if i feel insulted by something i feel offended i feel um dismissed or i feel uh unvalued that that's the work i have to do because for as long as i will put it on you and i will keep saying oh matt always upsets me or he always you know uh, offends me uh then i will never do the work because i live in victimhood as i like to to put it you know and and i tell my clients that my work is to to um get them to move out of victimhood you know is is to get them to move away from life happening to them and to, li- to to making life happen and as long as you're a victim you will never make uh life happened the power of what happens to your life is always in the hands of everyone else and it can be anyone you know uh um that you interact with whether you know them or not so i would like you know to 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 you to also take that on and and in your further conversations uh you know flip flip that flip that yeah and, well- and say I, I absolutely agree with you. And the people who are taking offense, they're probably not going to hear this, sadly. 
And I agree with what <laughs> I agree with what you're saying, you know, totally. And it's even more challenging if you say something that's true, right? Like if you see someone and and like you can do it in a mean way. You can be like, you know, I haven't seen them for a bit. And you're like, well, you put on some pounds. And I'll say that to my man friends, but if you say that to a female friend, you might get slapped in the head. Now it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt. Uh, but it's also a little piece of truth for them to recognize it can be helpful. It, it's not a, it's said in a nice way. And also many other examples in your life, right? Maybe sometimes as a parent, um, you know, my wife Heidi will say something to me and how I reacted and immediately I feel mad, <laughs> right? And then I stop, you know, because I'm just processing because I want to be the best parent I can. And then mm. I think about it. And then if I, after processing and thinking about it, say, no, 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 this is what I believe, you know, had to put the foot down. And then next time I can do it a, in a better way. And you're correct about that, then, okay, sweet. Um, but I have to mm. go through that initial upsetness mm. because I, I want to be a good dad and I don't want to be harmful to my child. And I, you know, so it's personal. And it's challenging, but it's also good because it helps you grow and you're going to get more sensitive to for what you identify with and what's important to you. And if it's more mm -hmm. truthful, if it's, you know, if somebody says, hey, Matt, you're, you know, I don't know, like a like a fat uh, European is like, oh, well, you know, I'm not overweight. Uh, although I'm getting there and, uh, you know, I'm not from Europe, <laughs> so it makes no sense. You know, it's like, it, how does that yeah. even relate? But if you say something like, I don't know, Hey, you've made so many podcasts and they're all shit. <laughs> like, Oh, ouch. That's not nice. You know, <laughs> it's more, it's well, more personal, but they might, they could say it in a nicer feedback way that I could improve the show or something. Then it still might, you know, what do you want to say that I'm, I'm done my rant. <laughs> I was I was going to say that even if someone says and, and, and says it, you know, people express themselves however they, they can, right? And how they express themselves usually shows the level of um, their um, self-discovery and, and, you know, the work on the self they do. So the lower they are on that, scale or, or on that path, let's say, um, the, the, the more meaner words they will use. But uh, so, so the meaner the words, the, the less impact they should have on you, because you know, that's the best they can do. And they're not where you are, you know, you've done work, you're doing work, you're, you're committed to your to your growth to your progress um, so you just have to be compassionate towards them and if they say hey matt i listened to your podcast and actually they're shit <laughs> you just have to say well i'm really sorry you don't like them you know it's the best i can do and that's it leave it there there's no point because them not liking the podcast it's not about the podcast not being good or you're, you not being a good host is about what they hear, is about their, you know, their, their uh, um, uh, anger that they're not doing whatever they're doing. It might be that they're hearing things on that podcast that is triggering them, but because they're not ready to work with those triggers, they'll just, you know, lash out. They'll just express their their anger so to me uh the 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 mean of the words actually the less the impact but if i'm being told something in a very kind way with you know all the right words that hits home a lot stronger because that means i'm talking to someone who is you know all, who can recognize things that I need to work on because they're doing that work as well. So that doesn't come from anger anymore. That doesn't come, you know, from, from, um, from someone who don't, doesn't know how to deal with what's going on. It, it comes from someone who knows. <laughs> and if they see that and if they recognize that in me, it means that, ouch. You know, that hurts. I, I need, I definitely need to, to pay attention um, 
uh, attention to that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you're sharing. And I'm reminded of the quote or the idea that, you know, no one who has ever done more than you will criticize you. And I mm. see that, you know, if you want to go to the toilet bowl of the world, just go to Twitter comments. And <laughs> I don't know if half of them are bots or real people or what is going on there. But in Facebook yeah. it was the same thing. I'm just like, holy smokes, this is just yeah. horrible. And, you know, yeah. this is the expression of where people are at that time. And then the other little piece I'd like to add is, you know, it's not for everyone. I got that. I, I still get it from my dad every now and then. He's like, oh, your podcast, like at the beginning, he's like, they're too long. I was like, well, they're not for you. Like, you know, I'm not, mm. <laughs> if, you know, you might be interested in business. You might be interested in trees yeah. and woodworking and real estate. Listen to those. Uh, this is yeah. for, you know, a specific person and that's okay. And I, that's my own work. It's like, that's, that's okay. You know, that's totally exactly. fine that it's not for you. I have to be aligned in my own integrity and do the best that mm -hmm. I can. And again, I feel like for people who get afraid of doing things, that's a lot of the people that I work with, they, they, you know, mm -hmm. they want to do something positive and meaningful, right? They want to have a fulfilling mm -hmm. life. They want to have their needs met. They want to be successful now, uh, but they want to steer their life in a way that aligns with them. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of fear around that, right? What people will think, how successful they'll be, you know, all these different things. And I've always, I think it's so simple to me. It's like, just get aligned on who you are, create something. And that's how you also grow your spiritual muscle and your faith, because you see how the universe and God supports you. And, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how successful you get, as long as you're aligned. And it's also understanding that not everyone's going to get it. It is a very personal journey. Most people who do these things, they don't have a cheering crowd in the background who understands what they're going for, who, you know, is going to support mm -hmm. them. It's a very challenging and solo journey. So there's a lot of growth involved and that's just important mm -hmm. to, you know, come back to who you are, why you're doing it, you know, what's your mission, what's your values, what's your intent, doing your best. And as you alluded to earlier, can you do it in peace and can you do it from a sense of completion? And I think, think about this example and share it sometimes that, you know, my daughter's only two, you know, so I was like, oh, you are three. You're not, you're not good enough because you can't ride a bike yet. Or when she gets to 10, oh, you're not good enough because you can't drive a car yet. Or, you know, you can't write a full, you know, proper storybook or whatever. I don't know. And then mm -hmm. at 18 is like, oh, you're not good enough because you haven't gone to university and, or you haven't started a business. And then at 25, you're like, oh, well, you're not good enough because of whatever the case is. And then you recognize that there's this point between like your twenties and thirties and forties where you're supposed to have everything figured out. You know, you're supposed to know everything. You're supposed to be complete and whole and harmonious. And you recognize that the entire life experience is a process. Everything is a process. So if you're not complete and whole and happy and harmonious and peaceful at three, at nine, at 15, at 21, at 30, wherever you are, your business is crushing it. Your business just failed, right? You're starting your new mm. project. You're in the middle of it. It's, it's if you can find peace and contentment, that is a very powerful way to operate because you're not waiting for anything external to validate the beauty of the life experience. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. But I, but, but that's probably the most challenging um, expectation of the self uh in 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 my opinion because we are so busy and we are surrounded by so much noise and and you know especially since um social media uh came about where everything has to be you know perfect and you are so uh, you you end up being so consumed by this that external validation that you 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 completely forget you know what what you stand for and why you, you know, what what you do things for and um, who who you are and uh, and be be comfortable uh, with who you are be comfortable with your your journey that might be very different and might not be, you know, what others uh, expect. Um, 
so so yeah i i think it's it's definitely what we're you know uh, uh the ideal case scenario and i think we as parents bear a huge responsibility in helping our kids grow up that way and and be comfortable to be different as well you know because uh um they will be they will be different if if that's the kind of parent parenting they will receive um but they'll be different in a in a very good way and uh they will stand out you know from from the crowd uh for sure but they'll do it in a in a in a way that they're comfortable with it and they'll they won't need you know anyone else to validate who they are and um why you know explain why they are like that Absolutely. And I agree. It is the, the challenging ultimate way to process and, and live. And I feel like it's what they teach in Zen and in, you know, enlightenment or all those different types of subjects. They say, be in the moment. Okay, great. You know, I remember reading that as a kid. It's like, how the heck do I do that? That's <laughs> just, I'm in the moment for like four steps and then I'm out again. And then it's just the, the, the practice and process and reminder that it's available you know, as you Mm. get, as you wander. And as you talked about the patterns, one way that I did it was I kept track of the emotions that I didn't prefer. So frustration, I get frustrated pretty easily. So that's a trigger for me to remind myself that, oh, also peace is available. And so the more, Mm. you know, negative impulses that you have, that's, you can set those as triggers to come back and then say, Hey, you know what, this can be peaceful and perfect as it is to accept the moment and immerse yourself fully, because it's going to be the same thing, whether you resist it or that you engage with it, uh, wholeheartedly. And so that was one of the tools that was helpful for me. Um, this Mm, whole, Oh, go ahead. I, I read a really um, interesting book uh, very recently. Um, it's called the surrender experiment. I read that recently Uh, too. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, and and um, I thought, uh, you know, uh, it, I thought it brought a very interesting, again, challenging um, uh, perspective. And I am trying to, to apply it. And I can't say I'm I'm successful all the time, but uh, <laughs> you know uh, I, I'm I'm at the start of of that process, and uh, so so yeah, this is it's 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 a bit it's a bit like that, you know. It's it's uh, um, learning to not be guided. Uh, no, hold on, to to learning to feel to allow to feel out of control sometimes you know we we can't always be in 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 control and um as life would prove it probably the best things happen to us when we're not and and when we don't fight it you know yeah i love at the beginning of the book it's it's the idea and the concept that life and god it has your back and if, mm. if these things are not as you would intend as what you can control in your little world, he observed nature and the environment and thought, you know, well, if, if everything gets taken care of in all mm. the world, why would God not take care of me? And so whatever's happening, I will surrender to whether in my mind, I like it or not. And there's definitely, you know, throughout the book, he explores the distinction which I believe is important for what happens to us and what we intend, right? We don't just mm-hmm. say, oh, this happens. I'm going to go down this. It's this match. And you have to learn how to play with that, right? With what yeah. the God is giving you and what you're experiencing in your life with what you intend, but also surrendering mm-hmm. to every single thing that happens in that moment, because that's actually what's happening. And then how do you respond to that? How are you going to engage with that? So as he received these different opportunities, uh, he engaged with those opportunities as if God was presenting them to him personally, which I feel like was a very powerful book, a very powerful story. He got to wild success. Um, And also, Mm. as you said, incredibly challenging to do because Mm. we have our idea of 
where we want to go and what we want to do. And I just really love the, the thought that he, in the, the whole premise of how he approaches it is that God has the best for me. So if it's in my mm. world, it's there for a reason and I can surrender to that. I can engage, engage with that and I'll be supported. And the whole book is very powerful. It is. And if you, you know, the way, the way I kind of um, looked at, at that story is if and the parallel uh, I, I made is if you have a mentor that you really uh, trust and, and you really um, believe in and you know that mentor, you know, has has your back and um, is, you know, help, it, it, the whole intention is to help you progress. Um, if that person comes to you with opportunities, you will most probably go for those opportunities without thinking twice. Because you trust that person and you know that whatever encouragement, whatever, you know, advice uh, uh, that you, you would receive is for your, for your benefit. Um, but when it comes to, to life and when it comes to, you know, God or, or universe or whatever, you know, whatever you want to you wanna call it, um, we tend to not give it the same trust. And... Uh, and, and we start fighting it. Uh, so, so the way I looked at it is, what if I accepted fully, you know, that life and God are my mentors and they want the best uh, for me? So, yes, I might feel uncomfortable at times and I might have to push myself and uh, very quickly, you know, let go of some limiting beliefs that uh, hold me hold me back, um, but yeah, you know, uh, let you know go go with it. Let's see where where that takes me without doubting the intention that this you know amazing mentor has for me. Well, I love that. I think that is an incredibly succinct and powerful way to frame that book. Um, I love that so. This has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your work. Um, is Thank there you. anything that we didn't discuss that you want to speak about before we close the show? Um, I no. I th I, I think we. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation, and um, it a lot of food for thought uh, for me as well. And uh, I hope, you know, your listeners uh, enjoy our conversation and, um, and they, they, we, we, can, we can open their minds, you know, to some whys <laughs> in, their, in their personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. And is, where do they go find you and your work? If they want to stay in touch, if they want to read some of your books, if they want to dive a little bit deeper, where should they go? It's my my um, website, which is michaelabersiwood.com or uh, on, on LinkedIn, Instagram, I, I say my name everywhere. Awesome. Well, I'll put the links in the show. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace. Thank you, Matt. My pleasure. See you guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Mihaela Bursio. I hope that you enjoyed that show, and if you did, please share it far and wide. Consider leaving a review and becoming a member at mattbelair.com where you can get access to the Soul Compass course bonuses guided meditations and a whole bunch of exclusive content and also support the show and the work which would be greatly appreciated if you want to work deeper with me one-on-one -on -one for understanding knowing living your life purpose from your most authentic parts of you while getting rid of or overcoming past limitations trauma and limiting beliefs hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching i would love to hear and work with you so that's it thank you guys so much for being here i appreciate you i'm sending you all of my love and gratitude and appreciation for your time and attention wishing you all the best so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close the show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace contentment faith courage inspiration power and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.